Welcome back, guys, to your latest episode from Boots Off TV. I'm your host, as always, Del Chapo, and I've got Ed Robinson back with myself. It's been a bit of a while, hasn't it, mate? I haven't spoke to you in ages about some football. Yeah, it's been a bit of time away, a bit of time for us to sort of take in the latest news and uh, the latest games. So uh, it's good to good to be back on it, good to be speaking to you, Del, and I'm looking forward to, to getting into it. Let's do it. It's a pleasure as always, mate. And with it being such a long time, there's obviously a few things to speak about. We've just come out of the international break. Bit of a, um, a rocky one for England, obviously being knocked out of the Nations League. I just wanted to pick your brain on that, Ed. How are you feeling about being knocked out of the Nations League? Because I've heard very mixed responses. With the Nations League, it's one of those tournaments that it's uh, you want you want to win it. We done well with it last time, and it, it was all great. Mm. But um, this this one wasn't as good. I think you know you know what my thoughts are around Southgate, and uh, I think I've made that really clear over. The, Does it the include you months. saying something about three at the back, mate? Yeah, well, I still don't get the three <laughs> at the back. I just think it's not been great. It's not been great with the with the results. Mm. Whenever we've played big teams, we've. Uh, We've we've looked second best. Uh, we we did look good against Denmark in in the two games. They they outdone us. Um, we fair enough. We were impressive against Iceland, and it was a solid performance. But I hope Southgate doesn't see that as in oh I, I knew I was right about the three at the back because let's be honest. There's so what this weekend has taught me is that there's so many good uh, players that we have uh, like who are creative and and are good mm. going forward. It, the, the two standouts from uh, the, the, the games were probably Phil Foden and uh, Jack Grealish. They're both fantastic, mm. especially yesterday. Mount was good as well. I'll give him his due. That He, he was he was top-notch. But if you're going to keep all these players in, if he's going to keep Mason Mount in the squad, which he probably deserves, but then people like Foden and then people like Grealish and then the others who haven't even been playing that much, like uh, mm. Rashford, Madison. Sterling, Madison, Henderson wasn't there in this game. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's just it's just it's just gonna be uh, it's just gonna be too many good players missing out if he sticks with the three mm. at the back. Because then he plays people like um, Sacco. Don't get me wrong, he's he's good, but he's not England level for me yet. Not yet, and he's 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 playing quite frequently. I just think stick it with four at the back. I think the record mm. that England have is good that way. I'd have Trent and. Um, Chilwell at the two at uh, the back. Uh, the centre backs is obviously up in the air, but then with that you have an extra man in the midfield and the mm. attack. That w- and, and, and you know, Dale, you know how good England are going forward and how creative they could be if they have everyone. Yeah, there. of course. Mm. I think the thing I will say yesterday, Saka was actually one of the standout performers for me um, as well as Foden. That was a great game. A um, couple of good good goals. Second one, unbelievable finish. Yeah. Um, very very smart finish, but. The thing on which I will say is, over time, I'm starting to be on side with you. I've always been someone. I, I'm not against three at the back in general. I think when you play the formation right, like United, when United play three at the back, um, we tend to play a bit better. Um, it's been proven from time to time. A lot of teams have a lot of success with playing three at the back teams, such as Leicester. Wolves have made it a big mm. thing in the Premier League. They and having three at the back shouldn't really limit you too much. But when you have so many good attacking players, yeah. it, it, there's there's not really much. You're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Like I think Saka's great, and I feel like he could be someone who could potentially be in conversation about one of the seats in that play next summer. But yeah. is it worth losing one of those midfield gems? And that, I'd literally call them gems because players like Grealish, players like Mount. Players like Foden, they're really they're playing out of their skin at the moment, and it's mm. like it's almost it's almost a shame, isn't it? It's like we've got three great young attacking midfielders, and it's like we kind of have to choose which one has to be benched for the day. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's it, it it's really limiting us, and I, I don't necessarily think 
I think a lot of people might say, oh, well, we, we won't be able to play three attacking midfielders. Well, Greenish can play out on the left sometimes and mm. Mount can play a bit deeper. And we've got three great talents at our disposal. I just feel like we need to start utilising them. And Southgate's always spoke about, oh, I really want to bring the youth through in this team. I really want to bring the youth through in this team. And it's mm. like, you want to bring the youth through in this team, but you're limiting bringing what I would say like we've spoke about before attacking midfield is probably England's one of England's strongest positions and we've got all of those players there and it's like like when he plays two holding midfielders that takes someone out and then you play three at the back and it's just like you're limiting these guys playing their way and I know obviously every team you play for is going to be different everyone's tactics going to be different but if Jack Grealish playing his way is working in the Premier League why would we use a formation that limits him for England? Same goes with your Foden's, your Mounts. And when we have players such as Saka, like I said, you've got players like Reese James. Um, they can play right back or left back. Mm. Yeah, They can play wing back or um, they can play wing back as well. And it's like using those positions, we need to start utilising them more for the benefit of the team rather than being like, let's just do all three at the back worked last tournament it's not necessarily going to work now we don't know if we're going to be playing to the best of our ability like I, I really like Kieran Trippier I think he's got a great delivery on him but that sort of formation suits someone like Trippier who can mm. get down the wing and deliver a ball but in terms of someone like Trent I feel like it's going to really limit Trent because it's like playing free at the back it, it limits us going forward because Definitely. we're going to need to have the two holding, at least one of the two holding midfielders, kind of slotting in to kind of make up the ground. Yeah, we're I just limiting ourselves. Like we we spoke about the Belgium game we played before, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, we played so well against Belgium!" Oh my, and I was like, "Everyone needs to like chill out because it was a weak Belgium team." What happens when we come up against a good Belgium team? We get played off the park I just completely. Think England don't look very, very threatening really going forward like I feel like if you look at the mm. World Cup when we had a good run to the semi-finals and then other games where we have played the uh, three at the back uh, system it, it's just um, it's it, it's mainly set pieces that we're scoring from it's mainly flick on headers mm. or, or whatnot Harry Kane just doesn't seem to score like and I'm not saying Harry Kane's performances aren't great because his link-up play is fantastic even uh, yesterday but he's it, 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 not suiting him being the main man up mm. top in, in in this system, we don't look like we're going to score too many going forward. Iceland isn't. Uh, we can't go off the can't go off that game. You've got to go off the Belgium games and and, and those matches mm. when you when you think about like if it's going to work. And I just feel like we when when you got like well, as we've been saying, so many good players. You got Sterling who wasn't even there. Sancho's mm. sort of not been playing as much. And and Jack Grealish, let's be honest, his main position is out probably wide left and. The fact is, they can't play all these players together because you probably think Sterling or even Rashford could play out in that position. So mm. the good thing is, is that we can mix it up. We can, we can play like yeah. a bit more of a pacey uh, going forward, or we, we we can change it up with the styles. But I feel like four three three needs to be the uh, formation to do that. You'd think that he'd still want a holding midfielder. I'd probably say that'd be Declan Rice. Maybe a mount in there with Henderson either side of him, and then that gives mm. and, and and then that's that that would still limit it. Um, some of the options like the Foden's and, and, and Grealish's maybe going forward but that's I don't mind that because that's uh, that's just the nice issue of having too many players that it's hard to pick but when you yeah. do limit that with the uh, the two wing backs and then the three centre backs you're limiting uh, uh, one of those options there's so many to pick from people are going to miss out regardless but 
you're taking mm. one of those spots away and it, for me it doesn't make sense England are so good and, and this could be a we've, we've said it before is Southgate going to waste this generation and the only uh, like if England do crash and burn in the Euros, at least that probably means that we might get a new manager in who will play it the right way and and play it the way that this England team is capable. I'm hoping he's going to see the light and, and he's going to change it. Um, I'm hoping he's not going to. He's he's done it with Jack Grealish. He's seen the light and he realised right well, I've got to go with Grealish and uh, fair play to him. He has and Grealish is shone and 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 he'll be on the plane now uh, next summer. But hopefully he realises that three at the back uh, with the three centre backs isn't going to work. And mm. hopefully we can push on and we can actually look like we're on the calibre of the, the teams like Belgium and, and Spain and Portugal and France. Like, because at the moment, I feel like it's like them and then it's us and then we're better than loads of other teams, like mm. the, the average Joe teams, like the Denmarks and the Croatias. I think we're better than them. But I think we are a step off saying, oh, I think England are going to win the Euros. Yeah, I, mate, this is the problem. And I, I hate it when people say, I absolutely hate it. Oh, we wasted a generation. Oh, we were unlucky. Listen, we have gone years and years, and it, we're saying it again now with this this kind of new age of your Foden's, your Sancho's. Rashford will be looked at as probably one of the um, one of the more experienced players in the squad. Um, but we can't keep looking back and going, "Oh, we should have done it then," or "We should have done it," or "We could have done it." Oh, if that goal went in against Germany, or if this happened against that team, and it's always ifs and buts with England. Like I've just simply had enough of it. It's like we have got a squad. Good enough to win international tournaments. Yeah. Period. Yeah, we we can win. Like, the there, there is no argument right. about it. We have been we are joint favourites with Belgium. I don't think we should be, but I, I, I can no, see why I've, we are uh, because of the potential's there. But we can win this tournament. I have no doubt yeah. that we should win the group. We should get through. We're gonna no matter who yeah. it is, we're getting a hard game in the group next to us because it's it's probably going to be either France, Portugal, or, or yeah. uh, Germany. That there's, is there's no getting away from like a horrible group, doesn't it? It is a horrible group. But I'd rather be playing one of those on the next stage than be in that group with them. So uh, yeah, very true, mate. Very very. You're true. gonna have to beat big teams on the way through. And even England, yeah, are, of course. Like, England, England sailed to the World Cup semi-finals, not having to really play a hard game in the knockout stage. Let's be honest. So we're gonna have to play some hard teams. We're gonna have to uh, beat them, and, they, and it will be interesting. It will be one of those tense, nail-biting fixtures that you're hoping we can pull off. And I think if we play the right way with the players we've got going forward, I'm not saying that a three at the back wouldn't win the Euros. I mean, it can, but I just don't. I, I think you'd definitely be massively limiting mm. the chances of like what what it could be. I think we could legitimately be second favourites or joint mm. favourites um, if we played the right system. But you know what? It's a uh, it's what it is. We're out of the Nations League. I don't think anyone's too fussed about that. It's kind of like a friendly tournament, especially for the bigger teams. When you're the lower teams, it's really done Scotland a favour because it's helped them get into the Euros. But in the top league level, it doesn't really do overly too much for you. So we're out of that. We can look forward to the Euros now. We've got we've got quite. I think it's March until the next international break. Yeah, March is next. So we've got we've got three four months. So the one thing that I will say about England is like. Do you know with a lot of players, um, like we've looked at players like Foden previously and a lot of people have said, well, if he plays regularly for City, he'll get his chance for England mm. and he'll start playing regularly for England. It's almost the polar opposite when it comes to Southgate. It's like these guys are performing for their clubs at a young age and he's now in a position where he has to choose which one he plays because he loves playing three at the back so much. Yeah. I think like right back and is one of our strongest positions. Like right back, Stacked. we've got Trent there. We've got Reese James. We've got Walker. We've got they're not being biased towards United, obviously, but we've got one. But we've got a, such talent on that right side. We've got Trippier who can also play just as well on the left. Mm. 
why not just pay for it at the back, man? It's just I, I don't want to get into it too much because we've got plenty to speak about today, mate. But yeah. um, I just oh. want to close up the England international break on Ed told you so. Mr. Southgate, listen, Ed Robinson is coming for your job, and it's great. <laughs> Good, Stevie G, I'd love to see Steven Gerrard get in there, man. My hero. Stevie G with Ed range. Robinson as his backroom staff, mate. That's that's <laughs> what we all want to see. And that is what we I'll all want to see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Ed, um, yeah. on to another manager. Obviously, Pep signed his um, two-year extension at City. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of rumours surrounding him. I'm guessing for you, you're probably happy. Um, you would have been happy to see him go. Uh, it might not be as happy to see him stay, but in terms of from a non-biased position, it's great to have a manager of that calibre kind of say, I do want to stay in the Premier League for another couple of years. It, it, it does speak volumes for the league and the way it's kind of progressing into Because we was at a point where I'd say the Premier League was argue, like without doubt the best league in the world, whereas now the, the world's best players are kind of spread out a bit more. But I feel like now there's a lot more excitement coming back to the Premier League and when you've got managers like your clocks, like your Guardiola's in there it can only add fuel to that fire can't it? Yeah I definitely think uh, it is a good thing for the league that, that Pep stayed on uh, with, with, with Guardiola it's uh it's very much he doesn't stay there any club yeah. too long does he? He's done Barcelona then he went over to Bayern Munich and now he's a City and, and City will He's, he's, he's obviously committing to it, which is which is great, and I like it because what, what you just said there is the Premier League's now becoming the best league again. I think the Spanish league was probably the best league in the last decade uh, because mm. mainly for the Messi Ronaldo factor. But the managers they also had Mourinho in there. They had the Pep Mourinho uh, rivalry. And, Simeone uh, as well. You can't take nothing away Simeone, from him. He's done wonders at Atletico. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, so the managers play their part. The managers are a big mm. thing in terms of making the league great. And we got the best managers in the world now in, in the Premier League. And I am actually glad that Pep stayed. I know. I know it's going to mean that City are going to be better. And one thing for City, it probably yeah. means it probably means that that Messi deal is probably going to happen because I reckon that, that that's got a bit of incentive in it. He probably thinks, well, I stay at City, I get Messi over. Messi gets to play in the Premier League. I get to play at Messi again. And let's be honest, City is the best fit for him. So that's mm. good for that. But like for the league, is if we get Messi in there. Obviously, as a Liverpool fan, you, you, you don't want City to be doing well. But I love that Liverpool-City rivalry. It's such a great rivalry in the Premier League. It's the new modern-day big... Um, mm. Classic game. It's, in the it's be, like we said, it's become the modern day United and Arsenal, hasn't Mon- it? It's yeah, become modern that day sort. United Arsenal, yeah. And I think the managers are a big part in that. The manager, instead of Ferguson and, and Wenger, you got Klopp and you got Pep. So, in that sense, I'm happy it's still yeah. going. I love the little competitive rivalry because it's not. It's built on respect more than it's built on hatred. Uh, that that one. Uh, it's like whereas Liverpool United, obviously, that's more of a hatred rivalry. This one's more mm. respect and competition, and Pep Guardiola is a big factor on that. So it's a great thing for the Premier League, and it's going to be a great thing for Man City, I think. On that subject of Mourinho versus Pep this weekend, Tottenham City, that is something that you just live to see as a football fan. Whether you're a football fan or you're kind of a casual fan, if you were to ever look at those two on the touchline running up and down shouting at the officials that is what football is all about and like we've always said like the Fergie and Wenger era was when managers were really used to get rifled up and it's good to see that we still got that in the game like a lot of the authenticity is leaving the game like with things like VAR and kind of other bits that kind of the game is coming along and it's progressing but to take it I'm glad to see that some of those authentic things are staying. Like seeing them two get each other's throats, we saw it in the El Clasico, and they had some amazing games over there. I know Tottenham, they're not at the level City are at, but those two have still got that sort of rivalry going, and they always have little digs at each other. And do you know what? It's absolutely beautiful to see from a United fan's perspective. 
I completely agree. <laughs> what, what was your thoughts that when you obviously you experienced that rivalry in the, the you mentioned about the El Clasico, but obviously you had the Manchester mm. derby as well. That might, it, it just it, it brought us like, that, that that rivalry didn't even need anything more special, like the El Clasico didn't. But it brought an, an extra special element to the rivalry because of the managers being Mourinho and Pep. Mm. Do you know what it is about them two? Is you can tell that they've got that level of respect for each other, but they both want to mm. defeat the other so badly. Big time. Like it, Big it, time. I don't even think it's hey. I think it's like I want to show you that I'm better than you. And do you know what? I have zero problems with that. No problems no. at all. Keep doing that year after year after year. That is what we live for as football fans. That sort of rivalry. Massively. Well, that, that's got such history on that mm. rivalry because obviously they worked with each other back in Barcelona mm-hmm. and then. And then obviously Mourinho didn't get the job at Barca and Pep got it and he sort of felt a bit like shunned at that point because Pep wasn't really known in the managerial world and Mourinho had done so much at Chelsea and Porto. And, and then when he went to Real Madrid, that rivalry just went mad because you had probably two of the greatest uh, modern-day uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid teams. Like that mm. Barcelona team was outstanding and they, they won like everything. And then the Real Madrid team with Ronaldo and and, and uh, Di Maria and Ozil and, and Kadira and, and Ramos so that, that team hit a centurion year in the league and mm. dethroned the unbeatable Barcelona team that was just an epic time for El Clasico it, do, you know, do you know what and, yeah, it gives me goosebumps actually because yeah. I, I remember the the weeks leading up to Barcelona losing that title and I, even as a like a non-biased fan I still yeah. thought the Barca were going to do it and I feel that everyone, every, on everyone's mind it was Barca will not lose this league to Madrid and mm. it happened and I remember there was a goal in the El Clasico it's when Ronaldo kind of hill flicks it over PK and just runs and I remember that was kind of one of the, the times when I was just like this is what you live for as a football fan Like it is just mm. beautiful to see but Ed, there's not just it's not just Liverpool and City to speak about this weekend. There's another big, big game at the top, um, and mm. this is what I'd say is it's the battle of the injury list, isn't it? It's the two teams that are missing the That's most players, um, and not just missing players, missing integral parts of their team. So I know a lot of people will say Liverpool are missing a lot of players, but Leicester City are missing quite a few as well. So it's it's kind of to see who can build the best team and play the best yeah. on the on a day with what they've got, essentially, isn't it? It is. It's ridiculous. Like, to be fair, I've been like really moaning about all, all the injuries that Liverpool have. But then I did look at Leicester and I thought, well, if we're playing any team, like one of the big teams now, Leicester are probably the ones because they're missing some key players. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's different with Leicester is that they've been playing and still getting the job done. So uh, like, even without um, some of the, like, uh, Ndidi and and, and, and without um, Suchere and, and uh, there's loads of them missing there's, they, they've got loads of top players missing but Liverpool this week has just been it's been outrageous mm. obviously we knew about a few of them like Thiago and Ox weren't going to be playing uh, and obviously Van Dijk and then with Gomez having the same yeah. injury Trent being out Robertson and Henderson now newly this week we've got a whole mm. title winning back four gone Yeah, and then our captain gone our, our, our top goal scorer for the last few years gone with COVID mm. I mean it's just outrageous and then the backups are even going like Reese <laughs> Williams even got injured the other day it's like oh, what well, our academy player because you would have thought it's going to be between him and um, Nate, uh, Nate Phillips on, and who's going to be getting the, the spot well it's decisions made for you now it's, it's, it's so gutted I hope to God Fabinho is back because Matip is obviously going to be there and if he has Fabinho next to him it's not a bad mm. seven partnership but there is so much of that fundamental title winning team 
like not there. The whole, the whole defence is gone. The captain's gone. Top scorer's gone. It's just, it's gonna be hard. And um, I, I think our, uh, our long unbeaten home run that spanned nearly three seasons now at Anfield is in serious jeopardy come this weekend because mm. Jamie Vardy looks hot. And I think Leicester, they, they've shown that even though they've got all these injuries, they, they can still play. And mm. the only one that like they might not be ready for is uh, Kasper Schmeichel might be out, which might see Danny Ward play his first league game for Leicester since joining from Liverpool two years ago. Mm. So I was going to say, it's been a couple of years, hasn't he? I don't think he's played a league game since joining, has it? No, just like League Cup games, mm. I think. But, mate, that, that's going to yeah. be a big factor. That, this is what I mean. It's, it's literally a battle of... It's whoever can have the right players fit on the day and... Whichever team turns out the most, because you can't look at it and say, well, uh, on paper, Liverpool's team's better, because on paper, the, your best starting eleven is obviously substantially greater than Leicester's. But in terms of the injuries yeah. you have, it really levelled the playing field here. And like uh, These two games we've got this weekend, a couple of six-pointers, obviously, with City and Spurs, they're, they're a lot more comfortable with injuries, but it's a six-pointer. And to have such players on the injury list, I feel like whoever wins these mm. games at the weekend will be looking at them to kind of run on forward from here on it's a big weekend it's a huge weekend for the title race because you, if you if you were going to say who are the, uh, the top four mm. challenges top five including Chelsea you'd say um, you'd say Spurs City uh, Liverpool and Leicester and then and then as I said Chelsea in that mix as well so this is a huge huge weekend mm. it could be uh, there's six pointers all round as, as you mentioned um Man City need to start pushing now forward. They got that game in hand, but they need to keep um, catching up to the other three. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's 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 a real interesting one. I think uh, Liverpool Leicester. I can't wait to watch it. I think Leicester. I'd give them the edge. Liverpool. What I will say is the team doesn't still look terrible. So it shows that this year we, like last year, but maybe not the year before, we have got a lot of depth now. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is a, this is a thrilling game week. This is one of those games a week where you say, "All oh, right, I don't mind being in lockdown." Like, you know, last yeah. weekend, whereas international break, you were like, oh, please, please. A lot of FIFA got played, mate. A lot of FIFA got played. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. A lot of be- yeah, a lot of FIFA got played. The lucky ones who have got the PS5s this weekend, they'll be, uh, be loving yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> this is it, mate. I've... Because of my studies, I'm not allowed to use... Uh, I've said to myself, I am not getting one. Because I know as soon as... I oh, it's mental, isn't it? Mate, I, imagine having to sit in a in a meeting with my lecturers and they say, why have you failed the year? And I say, well, but my ultimate team squad's worth five million, so it's completely okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this station might suck, but check this team yeah. out. <laughs> Pull that out, mate. That would be an it's absolute crease. 100 chem? <laughs> Boys, are you silly? <laughs> mate, don't yeah, think that would go everything. down, mate. I, I wish I could do my dissertation yeah. on ultimate team because, bud, I'd absolutely smash it. Um... Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm kind of holding off the PS5. But Ed, we've got an announcement for everyone, don't we, bud? We do. It's exciting. Stop it's exciting. I'll let you take the lead. Now. So myself and Ed have been speaking for a number of weeks. It's kind of been in the pipeline for a few weeks. We've kind of had conversations, and we really love, obviously, bringing you guys content all the time. But we're actually going to have a bit of a restructure and rebrand. Well, I wouldn't really call it a rebrand. I'll call it, we're going to be renaming the podcast um, to kind of fall in line with with who we are. Because a lot of people look at might look at Boost of TV and they say, who, who are the people behind it? Um, it's two Southern Red fans. And that's why we're going to be launching our new podcast called the Southern Reds Podcast in the first week of December. We're going to have a three-part series where we're going to be building all-time Liverpool and United XI. Just like we used to in our first episodes, but it's going to be... So our episode one will be our goalkeeper and our defenders. 
Episode two will be midfielders and the final episode will be the strikers and kind of showing you that beautiful team that's overrun completely by United players, obviously. Um, <laughs> obviously, not Ed, um, I'm guessing that... Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I know one name that's definitely going on there from you already. But, um, yeah, guys, <laughs> it's... We just want to bring you some, uh, like we always said, we want to bring you new, fresh content and we're still going to be doing things like our interviews and um, we're still going to be working with brands such as the Charitable Football Club. One brand to speak of right now, Dim Sum Records, Don Len, this is for you, mate. Um, if you haven't <laughs> already, Len. check out Dim Sum Records. It's a very close and dear friend to myself and Ed, so make sure you check Dim Sum Records out. Len is an amazing guy and he's got so, he works with a, a range of projects, so make sure you check him out. But guys, back onto the subject of what we uh, will move to. So the Southern Reds podcast, like we said, it's going to be about us, two Southern Reds kind of speaking about football. And we're going to be getting a lot more guests on as well as loads of other content. So make sure you check out our channels to stay up to date. So first week of December, watch out. We've got our episode one of the new podcast coming out. Sign times. Just ready for our lockdown. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be good. But guys... As always, an absolute pleasure. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and all of our socials to make sure that you stay up to date with what we have coming out. And if there's ever any videos that you'd like to see, leave them in the comments section and we'll try and make sure to make that happen for you. But as always, Ed, an absolute pleasure. No more free at the back for England, mate. No more free at the back. That's what we're taking from this. You heard it from Ed. Cheers, guys. Take care. <laughs> yeah. Cheers.